Yo, 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 yo. It's time for another episode of Black and White Church. It's your boy, Ryan. Colton, how you doing today? Every time I feel like we start these episodes and we I have, we have no idea where we're going in the intro. Uh, I love it. <laughs> either you tell me about cinnamon rolls. Uh, yep. I, I talk about uh, conspiracy theories or yep. you just say nothing and just say what's up. So here's what we got today. I've been listening to a bunch of orchestrated video game music, right? Nice. When I'm trying to read, trying to study, trying to just feel some feelings, you know, in a game three. Yeah. I just listen to like sure teenage, teenage felt angsty songs, uh, like that Word. new song that came out, Driver's License. <laughs> Have you heard Ooh. that one? <laughs> no, my gosh. It's it? like a classic, like 17 year old oh, girl no. sad song, but dude, it slaps. Uh, We're all connected to our 17 year old oh. selves, really. Dude, don't ever tell me you're older than 17 on the inside. Any of you listeners. Yeah, it's true. Anyways, I've been listening to uh, Jonas B. Ingebretson. Mm. Dog. He's made Pokemon covers, Metal Gear Solid video game colors. Covers, not colors. Uh, but the colors on his album are sick. And then he's got the song called Call to Adventure. He's on SoundCloud and Spotify. Oh my goodness. I'm sitting here tearing up, feeling like I'm in the set of Pokemon 3. With Entei. I don't know if you Ooh. remember that one. Remember Entei? Entei, that was probably the last movie I watched of Pokemon that I really connected. After that, it kind yeah. of fell downhill for oh, me. Oh, for sure. It was exactly. It was like yeah, a, the Articuno, Lugia. Lugia, uh-huh. man. Lugia was like Oh, my Pokemon father. 2000? Yeah, Pokemon yeah, 2000. Yeah, I know. Lugia had that Lu- voice. I feel like Lugia and Entei are both like pseudo dads for me growing up. <laughs> I was just thinking about them being pseudo dads for us. I I kid you not. That was my exact thought. Lugia is like this oh, wise. Man. Maybe Lugia is more uh-huh. like grandpa. Like the heroic grandpa right, right, right. we're always supposed to have that and none sense. of us do. Yeah. Uh, where it's just right, like right, this right. wise sage with this voice. And then Entei is like uh-huh. strength. But also care. Yes. And strength and care. But then protects you when you were supposed to be mm-hmm. protected when you were like ten and you're getting beaten up by a bully. Ente should have been yeah, there. Dude. Ente would have been there. Uh, would have been there. Hundred percent. Which brings us to black on black crime. Uh, black on black crime. <laughs> Being beat up. Feeling beat up mentally because I hate this one liner so much. What do you mean? It's it's <sighs> just helpful. Like black fatherlessness. Black black father lackness. Yeah, blackness monster. <laughs> the black, the <laughs> blackness monster. Too. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> there's this. There's well, this. Why don't we dive in? Huh? There's this uh, <laughs> video. I'm I'm gonna link in the in the show notes uh, to a propaganda we've mentioned in probably in like nine episodes. Um, Jason yeah, Petty. Uh, he does spoken word, raps, talks on Twitter. He's really funny on Twitter. He's mm-hmm. a three wing two, I think, on the Enneagram. Um, he is. And he's a lot of fun, but he says it in his own song. That's true. Um, but there's this video he he has. It's more about the the black experience in America in general. It's centered around uh, the Fourth of July. <laughs> mm. uh, but he has this. Sent this video to all this, my family, guys. Yeah, he has this line where he's talking about uh, basically this husband uh, who's supposed to stand in for America abuses this wife who stands in for Black America and just abuses her over and over again. Um, but then he he didn't hit her as much anymore because it's the Fourth of July. Um, and at one point is talking about why are you guys always talking about like how I'm treating my wife? You know, wives hit wives too. <laughs> what about wife on Ooh. wife crime? <laughs> oh man, don't all wives matter? That's true. <laughs> um, Not so we often hear this like black fathers as a deflection. Okay, so again, right. black man gets killed or black woman mm-hmm. gets shot in her shot in her sleep, shot um, in her sleep. The usual, and then you hear, well, that was bad. But what about 
what's happening in Chicago? You know, what about? What's oh, happening I love the Chicago South quote. Central. Um, uh huh. What What about this black on black crime? You don't ever hear anyone talk about that when a black man dies in Chicago. You only care about it when a white man kills him. Um, right. So it's when we hear that, Ryan. Um, obviously, there's probably a lot of things that we think about, a lot of things that that come to mind. Um, and Ryan just currently stepped away from the screen, so I don't even know if he's there <laughs> right now to I'm answer. Good. Okay, dude, I'm good. I'm good. He's got a, a, a wireless headset right now that he's talking through, so he can just yeah, he's dude, HyperX Cloud his Singer Wireless or his house right now. Just uh, he's going to work out in. But anyway, Ryan, when you when you hear black on black crime used, uh, when people tell you that black people are more violent, uh, when there's all this this issues with black, there's gang gang problems in black communities. Um, that's that's the yeah. real problem. Um, Mm-hmm. What, what what arises in your soul? Uh, when so the first thing this? I always do is talk about World War II. And I'm like, yo, remember that one time when a bunch of Europeans killed Europeans? <laughs> remember that white on white crime? Euro yeah, on Euro too. crime. hundred percent, dog. Like, like, I just take that, that like, like my reaction is just that of like, bro, uh, really? Like, look at the history of every civilization ever. And they just kill each other. They're like right next to each other, <laughs> killing each other. Like the the Gauls versus the yeah. Romans versus the I don't know the the barbarians versus the Celts versus the North the versus Japanese the South. versus the Chinese North versus South. Like, uh, dude, uh, yeah, let's talk about white on white crime with the Civil War real quick. Like, white on white crime about me? black bodies. <laughs> yeah, about black people. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So so I just think there's this inherent sense of. I'm going to remove myself from all historical reality in order to, again, uh, try to sound pseudo-cultural or pseudo-analytical and say, this is, again, your fault. So uh, black-on-black crime turns into me another cop-out of a phrase to not actually address some of the issues underlying why there's so much much homicide. And then... uh, (laughs) One of the things I actually often hear from police officers, uh, the ones that either attend my church or that I'm friends with, is that they're just like, dude, people next to people just kill people. They're not mm-hmm. really sitting here talking about black-on-black crime. I never have heard a police officer talk to me about that. They're always saying, right, I'm trying to stop white people from killing each other all the time. And so we're just I violent. think it's just actually... Like, we're, we're just right. violent. <laughs> Yeah, I just, America loves violence. Don't even oh, yeah. act like we don't, bro. Like, no, no, no. One time I posted that, about that, Ryan, and posted about uh, how we glorify Word. violence, and we love John Wick, Word. and we love all these vengeance yeah. films. But th- th- I had people right. in my DMs reminding me, well, that's just a movie, okay? And I'm Yo, like, yeah, okay, well, then what about our drone that. strikes <laughs> in the Middle East? Okay, yeah. do you, want, do you want me to use a real-life example to make it all sad? I was trying to use, like, just a, a, a light-hearted one for you, but okay. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So, so again, that so that's my gut reaction is okay. You're trying to turn this into again uh, a problem that is actually a a national issue that we all need to address and look at. And you're gonna make the victim the also the one to blame um, in the larger scale of things. Which to me is just that's just intellectual uh, sloppiness. Well, like, come on, Ryan. That's just at least empathetic sloppiness. At you know least I mean? we're all consistent. You know, like when when nine <laughs> eleven happened. We all right. talked about, you know, how Americans kill more Americans every year than the Taliban did. Like, that's what we all did. All you, like when, you know, like when you're someone comes to you and they lost a, a, a someone to, to drug overdose or lost a child to drug overdose. We all be like, well, women kill children through abortion more than drugs do. So don't yeah, yeah, don't yeah. bring us with that. You know, like, yeah, 
when when someone gets sexually assaulted here, we remind them that someone gets yeah. sexually assaulted more in other places in the world. So like, they just don't worry about that. You know, that's just what we do. Yeah. And <laughs> the sad part yeah. is actually that is what some people do um, with yeah, with some of these cases. Um, it's just funny that like when a, a a white person was killed by a black person, no one ever says, "Well, what about white on white crime? <laughs> white people kill more white Ever. people each year than black people do." Ever. Uh, it, it's just crazy to me that like when it comes to this issue, we want to talk about your 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 in house issues, your dirt. We want to talk about the things going on in your community. Uh, when our community kills your community, we yeah. want to talk about well, really, your community's worse. Um, yeah. or you got more stuff going on. Like even like when a, when a U.S. soldier, let's say is killed, um, overseas, um, we never respond and ask about, well, what about all the friendly fire deaths that happen within the military? Like we, we never mm-hmm. do that. Um, one, mm-hmm. we have a, just somewhat basic human empathy to be like, Hey, there's a current injustice and death at hand. Wow. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should be sad about that with my friend who's sad about that. And maybe we should just mourn together and figure out how to not let that happen again. Um, that just seems very basic. Um, but yet we can't even do that. We have to immediately say, why are you, why are you worrying about George Floyd when more people died in Chicago um, than just, than just George Floyd. So yeah, when, when, when people post, when people post this on social media, Ryan, um, <laughs> Like what? What? What do we do with that? Like, where do you think this is coming from? Where do you think this this desire to just distract or blame? Like, I can't even think of the I can't even think of the rationale behind why this is the first response. Um, it it just it's just so dismissive. Even like Black Fathersness, as much as racist it is, I at least understand a little bit of the flawed logic behind it, where it's like. Well, it's because it's creating a bad culture that leads to this. But black and black crime, that that is just I don't even stand the logic behind why someone would mm. share that um, as soon as someone else dies. Mm. Yeah, to me, it almost feels like the reality is just too painful, and so what are you gonna do but deflect um, any any sort of relationship or friendship uh, I know where someone has felt unheard by me stepped on or or un unpursued my first human instinct is to you know this goes back to adam and eve just point that finger or blame the circumstance uh and so what i'll end up doing is say well look at everything i did for you just like in the video 20 years of prop it's like well look at what i've done for you now and look how this thing's not happening and i can always Go back to, well, I hung out with you last week, or I did this thing, or I said this thing, or I helped you achieve that thing. When really what you're supposed to do is sit down and go, man, that's hard, and that sucks, and and what can we do about this Mm -hmm. together? What part can I own? And it feels like to me, when you crack the consciousness of someone who's not directly affected by something as sad and earth-shattering as violent death and violent crime, uh, you're what you're what you're stepping on is an untrained unmet sense of um the lack of empathy uh you're just you're just met with the fact that that person has not been discipled in being put in somebody else's shoes and that's like the most basic human instinct is to not take ownership when your family is hurting are you your brother's keeper yes (laughs) 
I thought the answer to that was no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not my fault yeah. that uh, you know the Rock killed him, not me. Uh, yeah, it was the Rock. So anyway, if he if he would have just told me how to have a good offering, then yeah, this wouldn't have happened. That's true. I I think whenever someone shares or reuses black on black crime as an argument, I think they have to then be held responsible to seeking solutions for that. That'd be my that'd right. be my solution. Where it's like, okay, if you really if this matters so much to bring up in the face of a George Floyd death, then what are you doing mm-hmm. about it? If you care about it so much, because it, it seems like you don't care about it when when other things are happening. The only time you care about black on black crime is when white people kill black people. That's the only time. Exactly. You don't care about That's black on black time. crime in the normal everyday. Chicago people are dying all the time, but until someone in your white race kills someone in the black race, then that's when you suddenly care about black on black crime. Mm. And it's interesting, even I don't, I don't remember exactly where this came from, uh, but I think I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about how like white people didn't even actually originally coin the term black on black crime. Um, what happened was, is that historically it used to be white people just killing a bunch of black people over and over again. Uh, go read a history yep. book that we, just, we've been white there. Black crime was to one everywhere. of the first couple episodes. Um, and then black people were like, Hey, Hey, we got we got to stop killing ourselves here as well. Like we already got white people trying to kill us all the time. Then we got to focus on yeah. this also these other crimes that we can actually control. Maybe we can't control often how white people are killing us, but maybe we can control black on black crime. And so it's just interesting that even that was hijacked from them and used as like an offensive rather than them genuinely mm-hmm. trying um, to seek solutions. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about uh, statistics because some of our listeners need to hear statistics to to believe words or to to have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is from the the Bureau of Justice. Um, In 2018, 70% of all violent crimes on black people were committed by other black people. So that's that's fair. It is, you know, the majority of crimes are within racial groups. Uh, In the same way, 62% of all violent crimes on white people were committed by other white people. Um, and that was 2 million mm. crimes compared to only 395,000. Obviously, you have to take population into consideration, um, of course. yada, yada. So when you actually look at the crimes of black-on-black crime compared to white-on-white crime, it, it's pretty much roughly the same number when you take into consideration population um, and different things like that. Um, and even, Ryan, talking about what you're talking about with some of your police, your cop friends, um, mm-hmm. if you look at the statistics and if you look at the makeup of neighborhoods, the, the better term would probably be neighbor-on-neighbor neighbor crime rather than black-on-black black crime and white-on-white white crime. Ooh, um, I like that. Because it just... I mean, I hate it, yeah, but yeah, I like it. Well, I mean, it sucks because we're violent. That's a greater conversation about violent. But the race issue here, again, it's it's not really a good indicator of whether or not there's going to be crime. Ar- arguably, you can look at this statistically and see arguments for it. The best, Bring it. The best on. predictor of violent crime is poverty. Um, the wealthier the neighborhood, the less crime. This is true in black wealthy neighborhoods and white wealthy neighborhoods. There's less crime. As your household income decreases, the violent crime increases. And when you take that into consideration, that's just a general fact. So the richer you are, the richer neighborhood you live in, the less crime there is. And the the poorer you are, the more violent crime there is. And then you add to that that 80% of the people in America who live in impoverished communities are black and Hispanic, um, black or Hispanic. Um, so when, uh, poverty can lead to violent crime and 80% of people who live in impoverished communities are black or Hispanic, then of course there's going to seemingly be more crime in black and Hispanic communities because, uh, we have relegated them deliberately, uh, segregated. We have deliberately 
um, impoverished these communities. And naturally, where there's impoverished communities, there's drugs and violent crime. Um, and you, when you look at white communities in uh, Appalachia that, that are impoverished, the drug rates, the violent crime rates are exactly the same. Um, it, it's, it's not it's a matter of race. That's a good, we're not going to talk about white on white crime, really. Um, because again, no. it's, it's neighbor on neighbor crime and the, the poorer the neighborhood, the, the more crime is there. Um, and, and that's just, it's just the reality. Only 10% of white people live in poverty and about 25% of all black and Hispanic people live in poverty. Uh, we've talked about this in other episodes. The disparity is huge. Black people are two times more likely than white people to live in poverty. Um, and got to love that average household. Oh yeah. 17,000 a year. Yeah. Compared to 170,000 for, for white families. Um, there's been some studies done, and then they show when the wages of a neighborhood are increased by 10%, crime goes down 20%. Um, when there's a 10% increase in a state's minimum wage, there's a 15% decrease in the state's incarceration rate. Uh, so again... What a stat, man. Um, the more impoverished a community is, the more likely there will be violent crime. Um, and so it makes sense then that since black and Hispanic people are more often in impoverished communities, that the violent crime rate might be high. Um, or might be prevalent. Um, but again, if you look into impoverished white communities, the, the rate is exactly the same. Um, and I'll, I'll link the, the, the statistics. Well, I'll, I'll quote them at least. <laughs> I don't have time to link every article I've ever looked at in my life because we are not, this is not a historical podcast. It's just you need, guys need no. stats sometimes. Um, so, Ryan, when, when you take in consideration um, yeah. all these statistics uh, and the reality of neighbor-on-neighbor crime and impoverished communities, what what is your response to this? How do you reckon with this data? Um, what what should we do with this? Yeah, I think, man. As I'm thinking through this, kind of, uh, biblically or or pastorally, um, we really do need to to step back and and think about why the I don't know the 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 rate of lack of resources is so high and supposedly the wealthiest mm-hmm. nation uh, to ever greatest nation uh, wealthiest exist. nation on earth. Um, yeah, we have and, such disparities and people living paycheck to paycheck, et cetera, et cetera. Right, and so combing through all this data really just reveals the interconnectedness of all the things we've talked about before. I really don't think there's much outside of the solutions of what we've already talked about. Um, concerning how the church can step into places of meeting material needs, how we can talk about actually voting and and um, putting in people that are uh, in power that actually have experience and, and multiple stories, how we can talk about um, becoming fathers uh, for the fatherless, how we can talk about listening uh, to the to the movements of Black Lives Matter, and um, uh, for my white listeners, acknowledging that inherent privilege, all those things are are necessary in order to, I think, actually help make a dent in the reality of, um, just the the quote black on black crime that we're seeing. Um, and I think one of the other things, I mean, that sounds really like high level and almost impractical in a way, but I mean that's that's the truth. It's it's an outworking of unjust systems being placed upon people of color for so long. Um, and when people remain uh, without access to the things that people in privilege have, 
what we're going to have is is higher crime rates. And so that actually shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. Um, the second thing, uh, unless I've already said second thing, the second thing is just, yeah, you need to, man, this is so hard because it's so loaded. Um, we got a whole episode coming stop. back to this, Ryan, on right. what we should do. So you, you don't need to hit everything. That's true. That's true. Um, that's but true. you can't hit it, hit, it, hit it now, and we'll hit it again in the next one. We'll hit it again. You can just acknowledge that what we're talking about is part of, um, yeah, just just acknowledge the fact that it's a larger issue and don't throw this at anybody ever again. Like, just don't say this. Yeah. That's what you can do. Stop saying that. Stop saying, well, what about black and black crime? <laughs> yep. And what about black and black followers? It's just, just stop saying both of yeah, those. Just stop saying that. And even though those are issues, again, we're not here to yeah. say that culture isn't an issue. We're not here to say that fatherlessness, that, that black on black crime, even though black on black crime is the one I, that's not even a thing. Like that's just not a thing. Um, I mean, obviously it's a thing that neighbors kill neighbors, but to add race to it is right. not a thing. Um, we're not here to say any of those things are, are not issues or are not something yeah. that's concerning, but to just reduce it to again, that black on black crime is the, the motivation and the issue. Black on black crime or a crime in black communities, let's frame it that way, is an issue, but you're framing it as if that's also the reason for the issue. <laughs> like yeah. it, 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 you're not looking at the origin or the root of said issue. You're just looking at the end of it and saying, well, that's that's your fault, um, even though they're just saying, hey, this is happening because of of a plethora of factors. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, re- I also don't have a biblical comment. I was supposed to say something, that's okay. but I don't have one. Yeah, that's okay. I got we, I got Bible. I'll, I can be the Bible guy this episode. Um, Swag. Even when we think of like, okay, let's think of, you know, the incarceration rate amongst black men or just minority men. Um, we've talked about this, I think, in, in our systemic racism episode. But we as Christians, Isaiah 61, which Jesus quotes in the Gospels to talk about his arrival, that we are people who set the captives free. Um, and I don't think we can just reduce that to, to spiritual captives. Um, we are literally people who want to set the captives free. So that means we should be adamant about criminal justice reform um, that disproportionately affects black people. Um, that means we should not only seek to change laws that incriminate black people, but also seek to change communities that would lead them to commit crimes. Um, it, it's a both and. It's There's some crimes committed that maybe shouldn't be considered crimes. And there's other situations where there's there's things that we could alleviate that crime even needed to take place. Um, yeah. And, and but we don't do any of those things because we just want to say it's 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 their fault. Uh, it's their fault. Them over there. Yeah. Um, and so to sum up, maybe these two episodes. There's a like the episode of black on uh, black and black crime and black fatherlessness. There's a passage in Titus, um, Titus three, that I think is a good word to us. So let me read it. It says, "Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities." Quick pause right there. I'm sure some of you love that. Um, you're not gonna love it here. Maybe in a month. <laughs> Now that Biden's in charge. Um, but we love that first part. Anyway, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy towards all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slave to, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured on us uh, richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable, profitable for people. Here's a big one right here. 
But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. As for a person who stirs up division, after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him, knowing that such a person is warped and sinful. He is self-condemned. So instead of trying to think the worst, and this is me talking now, <laughs> no longer the, the thing, uh, the, the passage. So instead of us trying to think the worst of the black community, instead of us just, you know, bringing up these uh, foolish controversies, these foolish statements of black fathersness on black and black crime, uh, bringing up dissensions, bringing up quarrels just for the sake of stirring up division, um, I'm going to warn you once <laughs> and then I'm going to warn you twice to just be careful with that rhetoric. Um, but then the third time, it, Paul says to have nothing more to do with them. Um, that person is warped and sinful. So when you when yeah, you take dog. a look at your life um, and how you relate to, to the police brutality issue with some of the BLM protests, um, when a black person comes to you and they're in pain over a police killing, and your first response is you want to talk about this other issue, this other topic of black on black crime, or you want to talk about this other thing of black fatherlessness, um, shut up. <laughs> Quite simply. Um, Stop it. Like, that's so relevant right now to what we're talking about. It's irrelevant to the pain that's at hand, and it causes unnecessary quarrels over your insensitivity. This this reality that that you making people agitated or angry because you're just speaking the truth or something along that phrasing or saying, nah. Like, the, the, the scriptures talk about being people who are insistent on good works, who seek to bring peacemakers, or assist to be peacemakers, bring harmony, and to avoid these dissensions and quarrels and controversies um, because you just want to stir things up. You just want to treat this as a as a chance for you to debate your black friend on the real issues. You just want to use a Ben Shapiro article or a Charlie Kirk article or a Candace Owens article to just, you know, let me just uh, interrogate you about your pain. Let me right. interrogate you about the real issues facing the black community. Let me interrogate you about these things and not just believe that you're in pain and the pain that is, is there is, is genuine and not rooted in some ignorant, false, liberal, duped um, belief. Um, yeah. So that, that's that's my word, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> you got you got any words? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I kind of like not really feeling too articulate right now because uh, it's not worth it if people want to just keep quarreling mm -hmm. and throwing out some other thing to try to nullify the fact that pain is being felt it's like look i don't know where the spirit's at in you dog or i don't know where your empathy and love of liberty and justice quote for all is at though mm -hmm. so you can uh just go home and stop typing on facebook ready mm -hmm. to throw your chicago police killing stat mm -hmm. or black on black police stat from chicago out at some kid when they're struggling yeah just when, when you live in northeast it, mesa uh, North and you want to East throw a, a Chicago crime stat at a, mm. a kid who just saw someone who looked like him get murdered on video. Yep. And that's that's you as a Christian, as someone made in the Great. image of God who is being conformed so to the, the image of Christ, that's mm -hmm. your response. Um, or imagine if that kid, you know, doesn't have a dad and he, he talks about, you know, wanting justice for George Floyd and your first response is, is reminding him of the pain of fatherlessness like that that that's your response as a christian um yeah yeah says it all well 
tune into the next episode because we're uh, instead of just uh, talking about what other people have said or done or or think or say, um, we're going to try to build a little bit of a, a positive, forward-thinking um, way to do something about this. We get asked a lot, "What can we do? What can we do about this?" You know, you get to a certain point in conversation. Well, Ryan, how can I help or what can I do? Um, mm-hmm. So we're we're going to talk about that. And we'll, we'll see you next week.